1: It's over! Yes, yes, yes. Fight fans, this is it. This is the big fight preview this weekend at the O2 Arena. We've got Josh Taylor versus Regis Pagrai. Sean Basto here, your host as always, joined by Johnston Brown. We're going to be going through the big car down at the O2 this weekend. But before we do, and before we get into the weekend's action, of course, go and find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and Facebook, BTR Boxing Podcast. And if you've not already subscribed, do so by checking us out on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify or even Eat Sleep Be- Boxing Repeats YouTube channel as well. So this is it then man, this is the big fight. This is one of the fights that I've been really, really looking forward to. Potential fight of the year contender between two great champions uh, and two undefeated great super lightweights.
0: Yep, it is a real cracking fight this one and you know we've heard all the the cliches this week it's uh, it's a genuine 50-50 fight you know it's it's a pick'em fight it's you know, it's even Stevens, basically. It really is. I mean, it, it, the cliches are there, but it's, it's bang on. Let's be honest, this is a real tough fight to call, and, and not only is it a tough fight to call, it is a great fight for us to be able to watch and, and get our teeth into. And I'm really looking forward to it.
1: So obviously, we're going to give a little bit more detail into this particular fight about what we think about the last couple of fights they've had. We're going to talk about how this could this could play out, and obviously give a prediction for it, but. We know we're know we going to have to condense it down a little bit, Johnston, because actually this is a big card, and this has got four absolute cracking fights on there, and it's begged the question this week on social media, is this a pay-per-view worth paying for? Well, I think it is. Oh, absolutely. It completely
0: is. It is a real cracking card, actually, yeah. And and I can't, you know, I I justify 20 quid all day long. I mean, we've got the Battle of the South Paws with uh, Regis Pregway and Taylor, And then you've got Chisora and Price, even though it's meant to be Parker. I still actually, with Price got in there, that's made it a nice little mouthful and fight for, him, uh, for that one. And obviously Burns and Selby. Uh, so you've got two fights there, which is sort of the last chance saloon for those four guys. And then we've also got uh, an interesting Cruiserweight fight with... Uh, Lawrence O'Coley and uh Nagbu as well, which is you know, obviously with Kat Connor Ben on there as well, so I don't think there's any argument to pay twenty quid for this one.
1: No, you're right, I agree. I think obviously we're prone to give it a bit of criticism, you know, when you get cards that don't seem justifiable, but Actually, I think this is probably worth it. I mean, given that the main event is, you know, for three titles being on the line, WBAIBF, WBC Diamond, Josh Taylor, Regis McGrath, then you've obviously got David Price, Ricky Burns, Lee Selber, uh, obviously coli going for the European title against Ngabu, then you've obviously got Conor Ben. Uh, and then, obviously, you've got a couple of the matching prospects on there as well. So, actually, it's a pretty decent card. I think it's probably justifiable. And I want to start at the top of the bill and talk about the Taylor Pograi fight because this is the Mac Daddy. This is the one that everyone's looking forward to. We've been waiting for this fight for, for a little while. Obviously, since they both came through the last fight, we've been waiting to see these two lock horns. And, you know, I'm really excited because there's a nice bit of tension between them as well in the build-up this week to the fight. You know, you've got the press conferences. You've got you know both interviews coming from different outlets talking about how this is going to be an epic fight and it's not as 50 50 as what you think it is and just just the war of words at the same time but in terms of the skill and will and the level of ability between these two it's pretty pretty good i mean josh taylor you know, we all know about Josh Taylor, standout amateur, has really progressed through his career, he's had 15 fights on his career, this is his 16th fight, and obviously he is the IBF, super lightweight champion, so for for me, as it stands at the moment, you know, this is, this is a massive fight, this is a massive career-defining night for him, so early on in his career, and he's going in against a guy who is slippery, he's unpredictable, he's tricky, carries a decent punch there in that division, and I think... You know, this is going to be a lot closer than what people what people may think it may be. And I think going into, you know, a little bit about the fighters, I think for me personally, I think it's uh, a, a very difficult night for both of them. I think Josh Taylor's got a slight edge, I think, in terms of his experience from the amateur side of the sport. But having said that, I think Regis Pagrai has also got some key qualities in his arsenal and his repertoire that I think... Josh Taylor's not come across yet in in his career, and I think this is this is why it makes it so on the fence with people, and and why people may struggle to find a definitive prediction, and why they may struggle to sort of you know go one way and then the other. And I think because you got to look at the you know the way these guys' careers have gone. I mean, let's look at Josh Taylor briefly then, and, and look at where you know it's it's really stepped up for him. And I think most people you know, from a wider perspective, probably seeing him blast his way through Dave Ryan in 2016. That was when I think most people would have seen him really come onto the scene, you know, in in the wider audience. And then, obviously, the the O'Hara Davis fight, where Harry Davis seemingly quit in that fight. And then he beat Miguel Vasquez. He had a bit of an off fight against Winston Campos, you know, where it was an easier fight. But then, you know, beats Postol. Great win against Postol. Then beats Ryan Martin and then Baranchik. So, in his last five, six fights, you know, he's been in with some high quality, world level opponents you know guys that have been in there with some of the best that boxing's got to offer so Josh Taylor's got a great resume and I think he's got a very good chance on Saturday night but I want to get your thoughts then about Josh Taylor you know about his career to date do you think he's had everything he needs going into this fight with Pagrai
0: yep absolutely I do Um, I think he's I think he's had Oh, he's he's gone along the right path, basically. I mean, even his debut, I think, was over in America, wasn't it? He's on a a pretty big card out there. He's he's been sort of eased in quite nicely um, and, it, and he's developed a, a, as it's gone on and I think uh, just by looking on his performances the way he's been able to navigate his way through those fights in particular I think that he, you know, there's no doubt in that the time is right for Josh Taylor I mean he's 28 years old um, but, but as you say I mean you've mentioned those fights I mean the one that Edward will probably remember the first real big name was, was the O'Hara Davis fight where a lot of people felt that was a 50-50 fight and I thought he put in a fine performance that night um, and then obviously Vasquez. I think I believe he's a, he's a former IBF champion If I remember rightly I'm sure he did hold the title At one yeah, point Yeah he did yeah. So, you had, yeah, so you had Ohio Davis Who was the young Dunn, and, and there was a bit of rivalry there Sort of a little bit what we've seen recently with, with Grey, sort of in the build-up to this fight, but I think that's probably just the tension and, you know, they're, they're just desperate to get in the ring now, so, you know, people, they, they say certain things that they probably wouldn't normally, um, and I think that's because they both understand the extent of how big this fight is and how the final it is for them in their career. As you say, the Campos fight was, was an off-night. It was just, a, you know, it was an easy fight for him, wasn't it, really? Um, and even since then, he, I think the guy's only won one fight in his last five or four fights since then. But the, the Postel fight was the fight for me that really showed that that Taylor's got something uh, and, and, and Victor Postel, the only defeat he ever had, as we all know, was Terence Crawford. is uh, still currently ranked as t- uh, number four on, on box in the division uh, and, and gone 2-0 you know, since that defeat and, and that was a good night, a defining night for Taylor because he was in... Yeah, he had he had, these, uh, he had these problems in that fight, and and I and I liked the way he he navigated his way through it, and and he found a way to beat Postal and, and even his own fans, concerning the around, they weren't a bit sure. You know, he was a bit of a, a funny one. You thought this early in your career to be fighting a guy with that experience, and and he, he produced the goods, and he got a, a decent win. Obviously, then the Ryan Martin fight, where he was overmatched, really. Ryan Martin, he was, he was never going to really cause Taylor any problems. But Taylor put him to bed, and he showed again that, you know, he's better than, he was better than him, and he didn't sort of dip below any sort of his performance. He produced the goods again that night. And then, obviously, Ivan Branchek, who, you know, semi final of the World Boxing Super Series, and, you know, it was. Uh, it was again. I I felt, I felt that Taylor would win the fight, but Baranchek he's a good fighter. Again, he's still ranked at number eight. He's, he's actually gone on to win another fight since. Um, so you know, he's, for me, I think he's been moved along in the right way, and um, and he's at a point now where he's almost at his prime. If not, he is at his prime, and he's fighting a guy who is also at his prime. So you know, for once, we're actually going to see two guys, probably the best two in the division. Bar, I suppose, Jose um, Carlos Ramirez, who's probably the other guy who, who is tipped as the number one. Um, we'll see whether uh, you know whether he could. What, what happens there? Because I, I believe that these two could could beat him. Um, we, we obviously we don't know. He's also a very good fighter. We see with Booker recently. But um, at end of the day, there are two and three in the world. Um, as in Regis Progress is number two Taylor's number three but I think for me they're probably one and two and I think River wins this fight will be the leader of the division
1: it's interesting it's a great fight and you got to look at Pagrai's side of things now Pagrai obviously coming on to, to, to probably the wider stage Say, I'd say more the UK fan base probably started to pick him up around about the time He probably got in the ring with Julius and Dongo, who obviously we've seen, who beat Ricky Burns and then got destroyed by Terence Crawford. And I think when you start to see a guy of his talent come through you start to think you know maybe this is a potential future opponent for for one of the british lads and lo and behold it was obviously part of the world boxing super series was facing off against terry flanagan who had moved up from lightweight to super lightweight and obviously pagry did a a pretty i wouldn't say he did a number on him but he he outboxed him in that fight and it wasn't the same terry flanagan i've seen before i don't think he was very good that night i think he had a a pretty bad night at the office, but then was that just Regis Progray being that good, and it's always going to be difficult to say until Flanagan sort of steps back up to that level to see whether or not it was just an off night at the office, or whether he just isn't cut out for the super lightweights of the world, but in terms of, obviously, Pekiraj's career, you know, beating Flanagan, good name on his record, former world champion in the lightweight division, obviously beating Juan Jose Velasco, who was 20, you know, also in 2018, and then obviously beating Kiro Relic in his last fight, stopping Kiro Relic, and, and looking pretty good in doing so, to be honest, and, you know, in the process, picking up the WBA version of the super lightweight title, which goes into this big match-up this weekend and you know both guys careers today have, have been a real good apprenticeship to get them to this level and this is why people are saying it's the best fighting the best and a genuine 50-50 fight and all them cliches that you were talking about earlier it, because it is what it is there's no way other way you can sell it I suppose and I think it's for, for us it's about talking about how we see this fight playing out now and, and, and ultimately what our prediction is for the fight and You know, I've done a couple of little predictions for a couple of websites this weekend and I've going to stick to my guns with the predictions I've already given because it would make me look a little bit silly if I start going the other way. So uh, in terms of of how I see the fight playing out, I mean, I see it being very close, very competitive throughout the the early and mid-rounds. And I think after we get to the mid-round parties, I think think whoever starts to to draw away from one another, I think is where we're going to start to see the potential Victor going down the home straight and for me for me I think Josh Taylor's just got a little bit more than Regis Pagrai I know people are arguing the other way and I know people are, are being, people are giving predictions about Pagrai having a little bit more than Josh Taylor but I suppose it's what I've seen of Josh Taylor and what I've seen of Pagrai and I think I think Josh Taylor's got that range on him he's got that ability to pick the shots from range and if he if he keeps it up at, at that range all night I think he'll have an easier night than what people may think he might have and obviously he's got the speed, he's got the range if you keep his timing right I think he can counter as as Pagrai tries to come in because he's going to have to make his way in if that's how he boxes however we could see a completely different game plan on the night and we could see Taylor come in uh, and fight more in the pocket I don't think that's going to be the way that's going to go down but you just never know so for me in terms of how this fight goes down I think it'll be very close you know sort of going from rounds 9 to 12 is where I think this is where we're going to see the real home straight and the, and the winner's going to come out of them last three rounds in the championship rounds and I do see it being Josh Taylor probably via very close possibly a split decision but for me Josh Taylor just about edges it and picks up them titles and come essentially number one in the division
0: yeah it's a good shot so um, it, it really is I've been to it and far all day, um, so I, I, I believe that at the beginning and the opening round, they're going to be cautious. I think they're both going to be wary of each other's power. You know, I mean, they're both as a combined together, they're you know, they're both 39 and over 32 knockouts. So you know, these guys can hit, they can bang a bit. They're over 8% in their knockout ratios. So you know, they've both got the power to to actually. To get rid of each other, which makes it even more intriguing. And I, I think the opening rounds are going to be cagey. I think it would be interesting. It would be a matter of who establishes their dominance of that jab. I do believe that that jab in the early exchanges is going to be important. Um, and for me, obviously, you know, with, with Taylor, he has got the slight reach and he's got a slight height advantage. I mean, ever so slight. We're talking about a couple of inches here, um, and, and, and he's got the speed. I think he does edge the speed over me. Over progress for me. Um, so I think that Taylor will come out on top in those early exchanges, albeit, you know, we, we could be completely wrong here. Who you knows? This is how you sort of. I'm expecting it to be a case of open exchanges, and it will be a matter of who takes those early runs. Um I mean,. It's, it's tricky from that point. This is where I sort of, I, I lose it a bit because it it, you just don't know where it goes after that. Um, Taylor, so he's he, he shown for me that he can adjust. He, he can, uh, he, whoever he fights, he can adjust his, his style uh, and he can fight at close quarters. He can also fight at distance. He can find right angles. Um, so so he's got the range and he can be spiteful at range as well where he can throw that right hand, straight right hand and he can, he can hurt opponents. So, you know, that's what, is going to have to be careful of. Um, Taylor was also versatile. We could, as I say, he could find a front foot as well. And he'd done that. You know, he, We mentioned O'Hara Davis. You know, He got on his chest and, and O'Hara Davis couldn't deal with him. And he just didn't have a plan B. And it went out the window for him. And, and Taylor beat him in his own game, which we didn't expect him to do. Um, and in Progray, I mean, he's a creative fighter i think he's an excellent fighter on the inside i think he's patient a calm you know he finds the right angles and when he does find the space and when he does throw shots he throws it when he knows he needs to and he can do damage it, it when he's it when he's at close quarters um and he's an excellent counter punch i believe he's got better cat he's a better counter punch than taylor but taylor's got the speed so where you where you think one's got the advantage the other guy's got the advantage on another side um so it just depends on what style they they sort of that they decide to fight with in the ring and they've both got the ability to be versatile and change at any point Um, if they're feeling uncomfortable with a certain situation they're able to switch it up a little bit so I think the corners are going to be a massive massive uh, influence on this fight with McGregor and and I believe it's it's Bobby Benton in in, uh, Prograce so you know they're going to be guys they're going to have a significant impact on this fight Um, you know what I'm going to say Taylor I think Taylor will win this fight um, and I think he will, in terms of the fact that I think he's a better fighter on the outside. If you fight smart fights on the outside and then gradually, you know, has his moments on the inside, which he can do, I believe that he could potentially um, really hurt Progre and then make Progre back off. And if that happens, I think he can easily take the initiative on this fight. I think easily, it's not going to be easy for either of them. They both need to be top of their game. And again, that, that's an impact, that, that, is, that is a major factor. If one of them's slightly off, mentally then they lose this fight and it's going to be literally margins on this night i'm going to go taylor i'm going to go taylor tight um like really tight i can see a split decision i can see maybe in getting it on the scorecards as a ud because you know with these tight times you see it last weekend you, you know you have some people may go one way the other may go another when we look but well, cheeseman fitzy for instance i mean it's, it's a tricky one i, I think I think Great has got something about him and I think I won't be surprised if they have a rematch to be fair because this is going to be really tight and I'm going to go Taylor but I'm going to go really
1: really close Well it's going to be an interesting fight and I'm really looking forward to it but what I'm also looking forward to on this card uh, and people might be surprised at this but I'm actually really looking forward to Chisora taking on Price this weekend as well obviously this was originally supposed to be Chisora Parker which was again on its own an entertaining affair and you know, we had the, the the build up with Chisora kicking off about wanting to be the main event a few weeks back and then obviously Joseph Parker getting a spider bite and getting ill and all the rest of it and then David Price already in training anyway for a potential fight then steps in and now we've got an exciting fight on our hands because really this is like a loser leave town match this really because at the end of the day both are at that point of their career where they're probably one win away from being put into a, a, a really good matchup in the future but they're probably also one more loss away from saying that's it. It's the end of the road now for you. And for me, this is this is that fight. This is, you know, the cliche saying is a crossroads for them both. Because I think the winner of it does potentially get a really good fight down the line in 2020. And I think the loser, I, well, I don't know where the loser goes. I've said this before with both of them. At some point in their career in the past 12 months, I've said, you know, if they lose, where do they go? And I do think that now. I do think this is really this is it for both of them if if either man lose i think they have to retire for me personally and in terms of how i see this going down i i actually only see one winner and i only see Derek chisora winning and that's not to say pricey he's got no no in this at all from my side but i just think chisora is just one of them guys who you know when when the stack uh, everything's stacked against him and the chips are down he's the guy that just seems to pull something out of the bag all the time and david price has just been disappointing more than anything for me i've wanted him to do so well and i can't emphasize enough how much i've wanted david price to do well in his career but he's just never sort of got to them heights where i feel like chisora has had more success in his career overall in the professional side because although david price obviously won the british and the commonwealth and i can't remember if he won the european or not but when he was on sort of course to go forward to push onto the world stage. This is where his downfall came with the Tony Thompson losses and then obviously the Aaron Tapper loss and then seems to have sort of been really, really inconsistent from then on. Chisora's had all these great fights. Yeah, obviously people might say, yeah, but he's lost like nine fights, Sean. What are you on about? But He's entertained all the way through his career, no matter whether it was David Hay or whether he was slapping Klitschko at a way, you spitting in the other Klitschko's face or throwing tables or having these big spats. He's always entertained. He's always created controversy and he's always put bums in seat. And the way he knocked out Spilker earlier this year, oh man, it was pretty brutal. And I, I can only see this going the same way for me personally. How do you see this going down? Do you agree? Do you think it's a loser leaves town fight? Do you think the, the loser should retire? And, and how do you think it's going to go down?
0: I, I think you're right in terms of this is the last chance to lose for the pair of them. I think whoever uh, loses this fight I can't really see any of them sticking around unless you want to stick them in a the room with someone like a Nathan Gorman or, or, or a Daniel Dubois. Other than that um, you know, I think they should just call it a day and it's, that's if they want to dip that low let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I think it's a mental issue for Price. I think it's always been since Tony Thompson. There's no doubt he's one of the most powerful heavyweights we've got. If not, probably in world boxing heavyweight boxing um, he's got a, he can punt uh, and when I see his performance against Dave Allen I felt that that was the price that we expected to, to progress after Tom or you know before he fought Thompson and I think he's got a little bit of that I think he's got a bit of confidence back um, Derek out and Cole for me it depends if he's up for the fight I think he is I know that he's, he's had a change of trainer again hasn't he, he in, he's got rid of Caldwell when he's bought he's at Broughton uh, he's like a fitness guy um, I'm not quite sure what, where Derek what, what he's up to but um, I would have liked to have seen the Parker fight. Um, obviously, obviously Parker getting a spider bite as well. Where not the only Mister Parker to be bit by a spider. (laughs) 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 Um, But um, I mean, just looking, do you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go against it. I'm gonna say Pricey because I think he's gonna be mentally tuned in. I think he's gonna be up for this one and um, I think he's going to fight at rain and I think he's got the power to get rid of Chisora so I'm going to go David Price and I'm going to go David Price by knockout as
1: well well this is going to be an interesting one I'm not I'm not batting against David Price I'll be honest I, I know it sounds that way I'm not because I know he could knock Chisora out if he could give it make it an easy night for himself and the way you handled Dave mm-hmm. Allen as you rightly pointed out could be the same way he handles Chisora but I just don't know I just feel like Chisora's just got something left there that maybe Price hasn't and, and I think maybe it's arguable he's He's got that just just that like uh, that little bit more heart than what than what David Price has, and I think this will be that battle on Saturday night is who's got the biggest one when it comes down to heart on Saturday, and and whether they can knock each other down and get back up, and we'll see, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. it's a great fight, really excited for it. And then also we've also got another great fight in the lightweight division: Lee Selby, Ricky Burns, another. Yes, another crossroads fight coming too. this is. I wouldn't say it's as similar to the Price and Chisora situation, but it is quite a crossroads fight for them both because you've got to think at Ricky Burns now. He's a, he's. A, I'd say he's. You know, he's in the he's in the fine wine stage of his career now. He's he, he's an age champion. You know, he's 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 won three belt, three different divisions. He's done everything really there is to do in boxing when when you get into it you know winning world titles in three different weights what else do you want to do and you know he's 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 given scotland a, a living legend there and yet he's still here and he still feels like he's got something left to offer even at the age of 36 and he's, he is a very skillful fighter and he keeps himself in really good condition and you wouldn't think he's 36 year old fighter when he does get in because he still looks fresh as a daisy when he gets in there he still looks fresh in round 12 as what he did in round one and that's just a testament to how he's lived a life all the way through his career but he's going in against a guy who obviously has, has only been in the lightweight uh, for, for one fight, he moved up two weights because obviously he was struggling to make featherweight limit when Selby lost to Josh Warrington and lost his IBF title so this is a massive jump up for him really because the only fight was against Omar Douglas earlier this year, he got two terrible cuts, managed to grind his way to, to a victory over Douglas and now goes in against a guy with so much experience now, the difficulty for both men in this fight again you know if burns loses then people are just going to say well it's time to retire you've done enough in the sport uh if he wins will he get another shot at world title possibly but i think it's harder for selby a loss here because i think if selby moves up and he can beat an aged an aged fighter like ricky burns then where where does that leave him on his world title aspirations in the light? Like? and you know the 135 division is a, a, an absolute monster division at the moment it's probably one of the best divisions in boxing at the moment you know aside from maybe people could argue that heavyweights is quite exciting at the moment with all the different you know fights at levels but for me the 135 division is is buzzing and this is you know, a potential for somebody to move on for one of them big mega fights in at 135 especially when you've got the like Lamachenko, you've got devin Haney, luke campbell you've got javonta davis looking to move up to 135 as well and some exciting fights to be made there in that division and I think you know if Leaf Selby was to lose to Ricky Burns on Saturday night, I think that really puts a big dent in their aspirations where I think maybe Burns could possibly get, uh, you know, a voluntary shot the way the way Paul Smith used to get it. You know, he used to get a lot of voluntary shots, didn't he? You know, like the likes of Andre Ward taking Paul Smith as a, as a voluntary. So, you know, he could end up getting a, a potential shot in the future at one of these younger cats that, have, that are coming through. And then obviously Devin Haney's just been made the WBC champion, whereas Lomachenko's been elevated to... This bullshit franchise champion, which we'll uh, will definitely touch on a little bit later on, because it's been happening too much lately. But in general, this is a it's a really fifty fifty fight again. I can't really pick a winner for it. I mean, if if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna have preference over how I think this, I would like this to go down. I would like Selby to win because he's the younger man. I would like Selby to have maybe one more shot at Gloria. I think Ricky Burns has done it. I don't think there's anything left for Ricky Burns to prove, and he can go out on his shield uh, as a high as as one of Scotland's best champions they've ever had in history and i think selby should be the one really for me that should kind of have the opportunity to push on and try and create a a legacy for himself and that's how i'd that's how i'd like it to go down but in terms of how i think it's going to go down i think it's going to be really close and uh this is the only fight on the card where i genuinely can't pick a winner for it.
0: I'm with you, mate. I really am. I mean, with, with Ricky Barnes, after the sort of Bank Crona loss, I thought that was it for him. Um, he comes back, he, he, he wins one more fight and then beats Scotty Cardell. So, puts himself back in for a, another big night, another big payday for himself. Um, so, he, he's... He, I mean, he, for me... I mean, he's up there with with Ken Buchanan and and Jim Watt. He will be remembered as that successful as one of the best Scottish boxers to ever grace the square circle, which is a massive achievement. Um, And, and, you know, at the age of what? What is he, 36? I just think maybe, whether he's got the heart, to to move on I mean he's got he's got a big fight it's a great fight for him to go out on and if it's a close fight which we expect it to be and I do um, then you know it's it's not not a bad thing if he he wins great still walk away from the game Um, with Lee Selby it's difficult Um, this time last year Going into the Josh Warrington fight, I tipped Selby to win that fight. I thought Selby had enough, was going to be slick enough, was going to be clever enough, and he wasn't. Um, And Warrington put in a fantastic performance since he's moved up in weight, Selby, now. So, um, you know, I I really don't know. (laughs) I'm a bit the same as you, Sean. Um, I think, I believe Lee Selby will do it. I think he will just because he's got a little bit of youth, a bit more youth on his side. um, and, And I think he'll have a bit more heart and desire to, want to beat, Ricky, and um and move on and get get a bit another big night. I think I think it's time after this. I think win, lose or draw. I think I think Ricky Burns should call it, just knock it on the head. Um, but you know, as you say, he keeps himself in fantastic shape. Who knows? Maybe he'll fight on till next year. I think this should be it for for Burns. I think this will be last night, and I think Sylvie will prevail. Um, saying that, it's going to be very close again. Another last chance to lose fight. I'm going to go Sylvie, but it's going to be another another tight night, another tight fight.
1: Yeah, it is. And then we've got uh, another great fight on the card. This is a battle of undefeated cruiserweight division European title on the line. The current holder and Gabu faces off against our very own Lawrence Akoli. Uh And this is it, and then. Another, It's another great clash. It's a clash that, that people might not initially think, oh, this is 50-50, but it really is. You've got a guy who's 20-0 with 40 knockouts and Ngabu, who's going in against obviously Lawrence Akolai who's obviously had a little bit of shit over the past 12 months from, from fans uh, and pundits alike you know given that sometimes people think he's a little bit lazy and he's this and he's that and he's had a couple of stinkfest fights with Askin and Chamberlain and you know he's he's not really shown his full potential because he's still you know he's quite raw still I think and I think he's still got you know a few more fights in him before he really really steps up but this is a massive fight for him because he's going in against a big puncher here you know it's evident from watching Ngarbu's fights, that he is a big puncher, but so is Akoli. So this could be actually turn up to be an early night. This could be one of the fights where you don't actually think it's end- going to end up going the distance with this one because these two guys can bang, and I am genuinely excited for for, for this particular fight because I, I I do think like I want Akoli to do well. I know he's had a couple of fights where you think terrible, absolute garbage to watch. You know, the, the Chamberlain one was the headlining act for the for the bleeding pay per view. It was it got so badly criticised. But for me, this was this was massive because at the end of the day, this is the opportunity now for a coli to prove a lot of people wrong out there because obviously the stick he's been getting has been due to the, the, the fact that you know maybe he's, he's not put the effort in where it's needed and he, you know he could have done a little bit better. And people are always going to be there to sort of find holes to picking people but i just i just think for me personally i think if he goes in there uses his long frame his arms footwork and picks them punches nicely then i think he could make this a little bit easier but knowing a coli <laughs> this is gonna be a, a difficult night for him and we're gonna get to see a little bit more heart from him and will he win the fight well it's difficult to say because, I mean, Gab, is a little, he's a beast, man. He's got catch a coli and, and we could be looking at the first loss on his record. I, I honestly, again, I don't really know how this will play out. I'd like a coli to win, but I, I don't know. I honestly don't know whether he will.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. This is a close fight. Um, I think Lawrence has proved himself to be the best in, in, in on, the, on the domestic scene, uh, beating Chamberlain, beating Watkins, being Askin. And uh, what a Camacho, um, you know, Two of those fights were absolute stinkers. Um, he's very ugly to watch. He leans on you. He doesn't get his discs right. You know, he, he's, he's gangly and just all over the shot. But he, he uses his body weight well. He will lean on the fighters. And, and he does make it messy. It's uh, very untidy to watch. they's so not very pleasant on the eye. But he gets the job done. And I don't know too much about Nagabu. Obviously, you know, he's fought 90 rounds. Coley's only fought 13. uh, 54, sorry, in 13 fights. So, you know, there's good obviously... He's going to have to experience the experience, Nagaba. who's a European champion. Um, you know, who knows what he's going to bring. He's 30, he four years old He's thirty years old. Gully's um, twenty-six. Um, I just think that I, I do. It's weird because I, I do like him. I think sometimes, now when I watch the uh, Watkins fight, for instance, I thought, he, I thought he looked really good. Got rid of him in three rounds, and he looked good. Um, and I do think he's slightly improving. I think what he come at you, I think he made an improvement. Um, and then the Angel uh, Godino fight, I thought he was a little bit better again just sort of just finding a bit of range i think that's what he needs i think he smothers his work and i think if he could just take a step back he's got them long arms and he can be so elusive and hard to hit because he's such a massive fan he's like moving a fridge in here at times i mean he's a big <laughs> guy for cruiserweight and i think uh i think the is going to struggle with that if he try if he's a bit of a big punch i don't know too much about him as i say i'm guessing he's going to be a guy that's going to try and get close to him if he does Kelly's just going to lean on him. He's going to make it ugly. And I think he will just find a distance and he might might get rid of him. I'm going to go with Lawrence to win the fight. But again, this is... At the end of the day, what impresses me about him is not necessarily what he does in the ring. Although he's getting the victory, Don't get me wrong, it's the fact that he's not fighting to fight anybody. He will fight anyone. And... uh, that's credit to him. Some guys will really take a little leaf out of his book in terms of how they go about it. we would criticize that criticise Yard. I'm going back to the Yard. But the, 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 the journey he had before he fought Kovlev. And you look at Lawrence Coley and you see his journey. And it, when he does, and if he does, go on after this. If he can win this fight, it's a tight fight. It's a hard fight for him. If he can get through this, he's going to have the perfect resume and a, a, the perfect experience for when he finally does get a title shot. And, and I'm expecting to win. And I think he's going to look better I'm not going to say he's going to look great, but he will look better. Uh, but I just think his size and his range and his gangliness, and his uglyness just baffles fighters. And he's so unorthodox that I think he gets through
1: it. Yeah. Well, we'll see, won't we, mate? It's going to be a cracking weekend for boxing. Obviously, we've got Maybe. some other fights on this card as well. We've got Conor Ben on this card taking a little bit of a step up in, in his 16th fight. And I think I've seen a bit of criticism for him over the weekend uh, with, with obviously his fights and where he's been going. I think people are expecting him to to be, you know, fighting better guys by now in the division. Like, you've got like guys like Luther Clay targeting him. And then he's also said he wants to fight Johnny Garton. And, you know, these are guys on the domestic scene that are really up there in terms of of where they're going but you've got to remember i think what people are forgetting with with conor ben is that the fact that he didn't have an amateur career do you know he didn't have a lot of amateur fights he was very minimal amount of amateur fights so he transitioned over to the professional side and this is like his apprenticeship now it might take him 20 fights before he gets to the even domestic level where you can say, right, he's ready for a British title. But this is, when you look at guys like, you know, making comparisons to some of the Olympians and, and great amateur standouts, when they're having two and 300 fights in an amateur career, and when they transition over to the professional side, within 10 fights, they're fighting for titles, you know, they're fighting for major titles because of the fact that they've had such a storied, decorated career. But when you've got a guy who's had very limited, I mean, he's learning on the job. And people are criticising it because he's doing that. People are saying, oh, well, you need to take this fight and you need to take that fight. Oh, you shouldn't be fighting all these Hungarian plumbers. Well listen you know he, he is he is stepping up the level of opposition here he is stepping up in this particular fight yes he had that life and death fight with Cedric Paynard, but that was that was really variance for him it was really good. i think he was very lucky in the first fight not to to get the decision go against him yes he was very lucky he probably should have lost that but it didn't go down that way and obviously here we are going into what is 16th 7th fight and he's got the opportunity to step up against a guy who's had what 32 30 fight you know he's had good bearings under his belt this is perfect for him he needs it he needs another couple of fights like this before you step him on so i think sometimes the criticism is a little bit unjustified i mean i know i know he doesn't help himself because i know he calls people out and he says oh i'll fight him and i'll fight him and that's just that's just the fighting nature of the guy he's a Ben. this is what the Bens do They, they just they'll fight anyone at any one time but if he's got serious aspirations for his career they'll keep doing what they're doing with him. And by 20 fights in, they'll do what they need to do, which is to get him to the level he needs to be at. And I think that is the right way to to, to put him in there with someone who's had, you know, very little experience in his career. So I am looking forward to seeing him. Uh, You know, I hope he can... Continue his form, and then we get to see him in some big fights soon.
0: Definitely, I, I mean, I do think he gets unfair critic, unfairly criticised, kind of Ben. I, as you say, he hasn't had that that background, and he's a fighting man. He's going to call people out. I mean, you mentioned Johnny Garton. I'd love to see Ben Johnny Garton. I think that'd be an absolute belter. You could see the on a card anywhere on any card, and that would be a real, a real good fight because they're both pressure fighters. But yeah, I mean, I enjoy watching Connor. You can't knock it. I mean, every all those fifteen fights, I, I be, you know, all fifteen have been bloody good. This be. Honest, from his debut, he was like throwing bombs, really, from the first round. And uh, you know what you're going to get with, with Connor. Um, and as you say, he is, uh, he's untidy. Um, but he, he's, a, he's a good, he's a good watch. You know, we were just speaking about uh, Lawrence Sokole, who is very untidy, but he's a flipping drip to watch at times. And you're like <laughs> boring and yawning away in, in, in your sofa. But Connor get, gets you sitting up, and he makes, he makes it interesting because you don't know if he's going to get caught and might get put down. I'll tell you one thing we'll get back up again I don't think he's going to ever get knocked out Connor because he's just got that about him but um, a, a good fight as you say against a, a guy who's uh, again I don't know too much about him but he's obviously got a bit of pedigree you know he's over over 30 fights and, and it's going to be a good good experience for him and, and I, you mentioned Johnny Garton I really would love to see Connor pen Johnny Garton but um, yeah I think people just need to give him, get off his back a little bit and give him a bit of time
1: So also then this weekend on Friday we've actually got the match room Italy card as well Uh Lewis Ritz Conqueror, Francisco Patera, defence his European title against know, Domenico Valentino. On there, we've got a couple of the prospect from Italy. So it would be good if you love, if you're really enjoying your boxing at the moment and you want to see some of these Italian prospects. Then obviously this is the card to go to on the Friday night. So that's probably something to catch up with. But if you're really only looking forward to the more the wider fights that are going on this weekend, then obviously this matchroom card is is probably the place to be this weekend because this is where we're getting some real, real good fights on there and obviously we're we're going to be moving on in a, in a few moments just to sort of give our thoughts on Last weekend, because we didn't have the opportunity to to do that, because there, there was some obviously big news coming out of, of, of my town <laughs> this week from myself. Which was, um, if anybody follows me on social media, they love seeing me make an announcement. Uh, I might as well tell people on the podcast for anybody that follows Eat, Sleep, Boxing, Repeat. You do know I am the person that founded it, I'm the person that's been running it for over two years, and the person that's built a team together and got us to where we are and, you know, really enjoying it. And I've made a decision to take a little bit of a step back from the main responsibilities just to give myself a little bit more time to focus on the things that matter most in life and which is just my family and giving them a little bit more time uh, but not just that as well i want to be able to go back to doing a little bit more writing as well and, and and obviously producing some great episodes for for the podcast and you know the legendary nights the career profile series and the ones to watch series that we run so i wanted to kind of split my time a little bit better so i have taken a little bit of a step back and uh, a tiny little break from it really more than anything so moving forward Forward, you know, you'll have all the other guys putting the content out, and I'll be there doing my own little pieces for it. So, yeah, I just thought I'd wanted to add that in there, given that we were supposed to do uh, a record for the weekend's action that went on the Monday, and we normally put it out on the Monday. So that's why. And and also, while we're on the subject of a bit of housekeeping, uh, I wanted to make sure that I give a shout out to our current sponsors for the podcast, which is Bear Attack Boxing. And as always. We've talked about them on every single episode and we've got some great quality products coming out of their website at the moment so you've got the different types of gloves including the fight pro one gloves we've got the bear attack boxing t-shirt range we've got the inner hand wraps and we've got the normal wraps on there as well and you've been listening to us for a while if you've not listened and heard that we've got a discount code with them then we have so if you go on there and go into your basket and type in BTR10 you'll get 10% off whatever's in your basket giving you a few quid saving probably going to get you a pipe down the pub or going to get you something from the shop for your missus keep everybody happy eh, in the family so <laughs> let's get into our next little segment of the show then Johnston let's just go back to last weekend then and quickly talk about some of the main events from from over last weekend and I'll let you start with it because I feel like I've been talking forever uh, let's talk about The Robbie Davis Jr. Ritson fight, main event, cracking fight, contender for domestic fight of the year.
0: Oh, what a fight. Uh, Contender for domestic fight of the year. I think that is the fight of the year at the moment, domestically. Um, uh, I I find it difficult to find a better fight I've watched this year, to be honest with you. Uh, It really was that good. Um, Excellent fight. I mean, them first two rounds especially were outstanding. I mean, they they were never going to manage to continue that sort of pace for the 12 rounds because you know that one of them would eventually be stopped but the first two rounds were, were brilliant i'm not not even gonna say that the other rest of the fight wasn't because the whole fight was, was brilliant but the, even the last round again outstanding uh got to give dues to, to robbie davis jr to be fair i mean we we, we sat down and sort of put our theories together on how we think the fight's gonna go and, and Richardson and davis jr i mean we assume that you know we've assumed that Davis Jr. would fight on on the outside and wouldn't want to go toe-to-toe with Ritson. And boy, were we wrong. Um, He absolutely proved himself that he can take a shot as well as dish him out. And and Ritson was brilliant as well. Uh, They they both deserved their credit. And I thought the the cards were too wide. I thought they were harsh on Davis Jr. I did have Ritson winning the fight. But there's no way to get a UD and to win it by sort of as many rounds as he did. I, I I don't really think that was right for me. I think I think it was a lot closer than that. But that that being said, the right man won. And then just just moving on with, with Cheeseman Fitzy. We, we 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 assumed that Cheeseman Fitzy was going to be the fighter that Davis Ritson had, um, completely the other way round. And uh, Cheeseman boxed really well for the first eight rounds for me. And I thought um, I thought I had I had him ahead for those first eight rounds. But I think I give. Fitzy two or three rounds I know a lot of people have said that Fitzy deserved it others have said maybe Cheeseman got robbed I don't think he got robbed Um, I think Fitzy took over from sort of rounds nine to twelve so it was again another close fight scorecards for me again were off Um, not quite sure uh, what some of them what the judges are watching uh, I think him, again it's, it wasn't a robbery but I just think the judging from. I, I don't really know I know they were close round but I, I do think sometimes with the judging I, I, I don't quite get it I mean I'm, am I watching a different fight Sean I don't know I think when I, when I have a look on social media then, and listen to even the punters in, in and around ringside and, and the Xboxes or whatever um, and I think most of them more or less had it the same way um, now I watched Cheese and Fitzy with the rolling down quite low I didn't I wouldn't really listen to the commentary Um the one was a kip, but I didn't want to wake him. So to be fair, I wasn't being swayed by what, what the commentators are saying. So um, And then I agreed with most of them. I thought Cheeseman did win the fight just by a round. But I've got no complaints of Fitzgerald winning this fight either. Um, it could have gone either way. There's no way he won that in new day, and I thought that was harsh and Cheesman
1: because I thought he boxed well. I agree with the uh, with the ultimate decision of it being a day in terms of I think it probably would have been in my eyes a split decision, but I thought I thought Fitzy was going to win it and he did and he got the result and you did say you wanted you know you wanted well sorry you expected Cheesman to sort of take this one and I can understand the case for both fighters winning it and I can understand you know how people will have interpreted the early rounds, the mid rounds, the late rounds, and I think it was a very Tough fight for both men. I think it was a very difficult night. Fitz, he didn't get going for the first sort of six rounds. After that he's started to slow down the work rate he came out with a completely different game plan than what we expected him to, you know he came out on the back foot, he came out boxing well, he boxed sharp but he couldn't keep up the pace and that's where I think he let him down and that's why I think Fitzgerald took over and he started to fall into into close range a bit more Then that's how Fitzgerald got the combinations off a bit more and and started to land some really good body shots in the fight so I think it was was the right winner, I just don't think the scorecards were 100% right and Having said that, you jump into the, the, the Ritson and the Davis Junior fight and I think you know, I think Ritson was the right deserved winner, but again I think the scorecards were slightly wrong. As you said, I think there was a little bit wider than what I expected him to and you know I was on a roll that weekend I don't really put bets on that often to be honest with you I'm not a massive (laughs) gambling man but that weekend I had I had an accumulator on for three fights to go a certain way so obviously I had the 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 fight that we're going to talk about in a minute Paterbiev and Gerdvik to end via KO or TKO for Paterbiev which obviously happened and then I had Fitzy to win on decision or technical decision, and then I had Robbie Davis Jr. to win on decision or technical decision as well. So I was kind of a, uh, I was kind of rooting for <laughs> Robbie Davis Jr. to be honest with you, because you know, from a selfish perspective, I was kind of thinking, oh, no, it's a bit hundred quid in my pocket if he can uh, if he can do the job here. But you know, on a serious note, I think Rickson boxed really, really well, and I think he, he you know, he he made. I was a fan of his before in lightweight. Uh, he lost to Patera. He looked a bit ordinary in the Patera fight, but I think he boxed really well against a boxer here, a boxer puncher. And I think he's shown us that he's adapted. He's learned from that Patera loss. He's learned. He's gone against a guy who who is a boxer puncher who can move, who can get in and out of the pocket. And I think he deservedly got that victory. And obviously, this being an eliminator for the WBA title, puts him in a, a, a brilliant position. Absolutely brilliant position because obviously he could end up going on to fight Josh Taylor, which is a fight he's called for himself. Given that Josh Taylor and obviously you know, Pagrai fight this weekend, if Taylor was to come through that and he wanted to take a little bit of an easier fight, then he could you know give the shot to to, to Louis Ritson. And I'm not saying Lewis Ritson would be an easier fight, but against, you know, Ramirez, I think in comparison, I think there's there's levels to the game. And I think Ramirez, is levels above Ritson. So I think it'd be an easier fight for him if it went down that way. But, you know, really impressed with Ritson. I think Robbie Davis Jr. gave a fantastic account of himself. But as I said a couple of months ago, this was a banana skin for him. He took the risk. It didn't pay off. And now he's got to go away recoup and now push himself back into that sort of contention again. So I can see him maybe going back and, and, and winning a domestic title or a Commonwealth or maybe even European again to kind of put himself back in to the position he was in. But it is what it is. You take risks in boxing. This risk didn't pay off for him. But yeah, man, what an excellent fight it was. You know, it was a really, really good fight. And, you know, it was a pretty decent card, to be fair. It was a free to, you know, free to wear... You know, on on Sky, it wasn't a pay per view, so most of us that had, had got Sky or knew somebody that had got Sky was able to watch this. So it was actually a pretty decent card, and this is something that I think a lot of us have, have been really pissed off about this year with with the whole quality of the UK Matchroom show that are not on pay per view, and, and this one actually delivered. And you know, I was I was, I was really chuffed for, for for the lads on that card. It was a, it was a really good showing from them, and uh, I think a lot of people were were really happy with that. And I think. The main fight of the weekend, the one that everybody was looking forward to, uh, ended up the way it ended up. And Artur Paterbiev beat Gerdvik in round number 10 after, I think, what was a systematic breakdown throughout the rounds. But a fight that I thoroughly enjoyed.
0: Oh, it was a- another cracking fight. And Baterbiev, you know, he-, he, was, uh, he-, he was outstanding, really. I mean, Gerdvik, don't get me wrong, I mean, I, th- I think two of the judges had him ahead before I think going into to round nine, I believe. Um, and Peterviev, you know, he does he, he got rid of him in the end. He just wore him down. Um, uh, good Vic, don't get me wrong, he was he, he had a couple there was a couple of moments when um he, he did slip. Um I, I, I think I, I did I was initially, because I was streaming it, so I had it on, um, I think it was, was it on Fox, I believe. I can't think what it was on there, but it was, it was a, uh, I was listening to it in American commentators, and then something went wrong, so I ended up able to listen to it in, in Ukrainian, or what, I don't even know what the commentators are speaking to. to be honest with you. But um, So I couldn't quite work out if, if one of them was, was a slip or not, and then later, I, I believe, it, I think it was the first round, and then uh, the referee, they looked back on it, and they, I think the referee called it as a knockdown, and then he decided, actually... It was a knockdown and he took it back, which I thought was really good, actually. I must say, like um, sort of hearing that back, I think that's, that's that's good that the referee did that and I think that's something need to look at maybe in future fights. I was that was very that uh, yeah, was good in terms of the fight and how it went um, as I say was, was ahead but Viterbiyev is you know he, he's a destroyer he literally is a seek and destroyer type of fighter and you know he reminds me of what, what Kovlev what, what what people felt Kovlev was like in the early days when Kovlev was destroying people and Viterbiyev is, is similar you know he's just he, I can't see anyone beating him I mean Bivol's obviously the one that, that would be great would be Would lovely to see the Bivol fight um, I don't know if Bivol could actually cope with him I think he would be too strong and too big um, we'll have to see but um, a great fight and, and you know we both picked the uh, we said he'd win and he did win uh, and we did say stop him as well so we, we, I think we both got two out of three didn't we I think I went cheap and, and uh and you and Jr. So thats the only ones we got wrong. Other than that, um, I think we, we didn't do did a bad weekend, to be fair. So, apart from the fact you lost your bet, mate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was—it <laughs> was a good. You know, the one thing I say is obviously the TV rights situation. But you know, I'm I'm having to stream this fight, um, and I suppose that's the other thing I've I've been sort of so scouring the net as we all do and, and I, one thing that I've, I've sort of stumbled across was the fact that Canelo and Kovlevs their TV deal still hasn't been struck for that fight and, and it does concern me because I do wonder I mean, with Baturviev and Gudvek not being on a UK stream or UK having a UK stream anywhere. Um, do you think Canelo Kovalev could go that way as well?
1: I don't think they'll leave it to go that bad. I think someone will pick it up. I really do. I think it's too much of a mega fight to be honest with you. Because it's, it's you know, these guys were obviously fighting from the same weight, but and but this is Canelo seemingly doing the the impossible really you know originally down at welterweight moved up to super welter then he's gone to middleweight then he's gone to super middleweight and now he's going to light heavyweight for this fight so i think with a fight of this magnitude really i think it's it's one that's not going to be not picked up i think it's likely that you know someone like box nation who, who are really going into the abyss at the moment might end up grabbing this one you know, I think that's more than likely who I could see grabbing it. To be honest with you, you know, they could, they could maybe get the, uh, the 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 rights for it, or maybe we might get a little bit of a treat and we might actually get it on Sky Sports and not have to pay for this fight. But I don't know. I don't know, it's a hard one to say. I just think it'll be a massive, massive disappointment for UK fight fans if this goes the way Baturbi Evan good has gone in terms of not getting a broadcaster in the UK for it. But I think overall, I think, you know, the weekend last weekend was was just as good as what this weekend's gonna be. I think um I think we've we've really been spoilt these past two weeks and it's it's about time we're talking about it in a positive light, that we've been spoilt with boxing rather than being disappointed with it. So, you know, I'm really, really chuffed to to, to have had the opportunity to, to to catch all this over the last weekend and and what we've got coming up this weekend as well and I think I think that about wraps up sort of all the action from the past week or so in terms of what we wanted to get covered off uh, in this episode. And obviously we've got lots of stuff coming up. We've got the Michael Spinks career profiles coming out very, very soon. We've got the legendary nights that we've been talking about McGuigan versus Pedroza coming out. Ones to Watch will be making its return in the third series shortly as well for the third episode. So we've got loads of stuff coming out. And I think really I wanted to sort of end the episode uh, in talking about what we are looking at for our future. So you might have seen us put a post out on social media earlier on today about looking for a new sponsor for the podcast we are looking to to continue to grow the podcast we've done some great things in the past 12 months there's some great series and some great guests on and obviously the addition of yourself into the podcast johnson has been a welcome one and it's it's been great to see how things have progressed uh, over the course of the last 12 months and we wanted to continue we wanted to get it even better and to do that it's difficult because we're independent we don't have a studio we don't have the 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 financial backing of a, a big company behind us We have great support from Bear Attack Boxing. They really helped us go to to another level and we wanted to take it to an even higher level. And to do that, we do need a little bit of financial support to help push us on even further. So you've seen the post on social media. If you've not, then what we're looking for is someone to provide us with a financial sponsor to help push us to the next level. You've seen that we've got great episodes, great series out there. If you want to get a little bit more in detail and in-depth analysis of what we're actually looking for... um, and what we can provide to you as a consumer or as a as a provider of a sponsorship deal then please get in touch with us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter or on Facebook BTR Boxing Podcast. You can drop us messages on there and we'll have a little chat and hopefully we can come to something that's going to work. But as you've heard with the Tap boxing advertisements that we have on the episode you'll get that in every single episode about your particular company or your product that you're looking for so please take the opportunity to get some great level exposure by getting in contact with us as soon as possible and let's get something struck up so johnston thanks for coming on thanks for obviously doing the preview with us this week really great to talk nice. about some of the great fights and i've not put any bets on for this weekend as yet I, I might give it a miss this weekend to be honest with you but i am really looking forward to the fights this weekend and i think we'll be back on monday with our reaction to what's going on but i think final thoughts i don't know if you've changed your mind since doing this episode but are you still sticking with Josh Taylor in a close decision?
0: Yes, yes, I'm going to stick with Josh Taylor. Um, I may change my mind on the night. I'm definitely not putting no bets on it because it really is a very close fight. And it's what I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, the Battle of the South Southpaws and we've got an American over here uh, fighting on these shores against the Brit, which always brings makes it a bit more nice and spicy than it for, for these nights. And the uh, the atmosphere, no doubt, is going to be electric. Um, it's a shame, it probably, wasn't in Scotland. To be fair, it would have been a bit better for you know just just to have the Scottish fans and the backing for Taylor. But that being said, he's going to have several Scottish fans coming over to London, and the London fans are going to back him. You know, Britain—that's one thing we do: we we back our fighters. And I think Progre is going to be in for a bit of a shot when he is that atmosphere, and uh, whether that may play an effect to his into his mindset, we'll have to find out. Um, The the one only other thing I wanted to mention, though, Sean, was uh, Sheikha Stevenson's also fighting um, on Saturday night. He's fighting a guy called Gonzalez for the vacant WBO. Well, February title, so I just wanted to just chuck that in. and I'm I'm assuming Stevenson get through a very difficult fight, aren't you? Gonzalez undefeated 23-0, so I just thought I'd throw that one in.
1: Definitely get. It. make sure you throw that in because if you didn't, I would have forgot about it and someone would have been like, well, you've not covered the Shakur Stevenson fight. Well, there you go. <laughs> Johnston comes in at the last minute just to throw that one in there. So yeah, Shakur Stevenson in action this weekend over in America you can also check that out and see a potential future opponent for our very own Josh Warrington so that's it fight fans, thank you as always for listening, you know where to find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook, let's get ready to rumble, we've got a massive fight this weekend can Josh Taylor go and win the Muhammad Ali Trophy, can he become a unified super lightweight champion of the world, well tune in on Saturday Night Sky Sports box office it's live see you next time fight fan a dream is made real
0: quickly hat rush the world how do you like it how do you like it wish i was 50 years younger you and i'd you kick here. your ass it's over